Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Hey, Brilliant Squad. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. If you're new here, welcome. I'm your host, Monique Malcolm, and the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast is a show for creatives who want to create their own opportunities and make money by leveraging their ideas, talents, and skills. Basically what I call pimping your brilliance. This is episode number 73, and you can find show notes or resources that I've shared by visiting pimpyourbrilliance.com backslash 73. All right, so I have another amazing interview for you guys today with Brianda Law. And if you don't know who she is, well, I'm about to tell you all about her and you're going to hear her story in just a few minutes. But Brianda Law is the founder and CEO of Quirktastic, an online community for geeks, nerds, free spirits, and the anime obsessed. Their mission is to make the fandom industry more reflective of our diverse society. So her team creates spaces for women and people of color who have interests other than the ones the world automatically places on them. So I'm already digging what she's putting down. Brianda's latest venture, the Quirktastic app, is helping self-proclaimed geeks find each other and connect. The app also helped her snag a spot in Snap Inc.'s, aka Snapchat, Yellow Accelerator. In this episode, Brianda shares how she landed on the idea for Quirktastic, how she's used social media to grow her brand, her business model, and how her new app is helping build friendships. So this episode is a really great episode for anyone who is interested in tech or building apps because Brianna talks a lot about her process for joining these accelerators and the Snapchat accelerator wasn't even her first accelerator. She shares a bit about her story and her experience with that, which I think is really great because uh, you know, tech is really big right now and there's so many cool founders doing really neat things. And I think Brianda's story is great and a reflection of really pimping your brilliance, finding something that you're passionate about and figuring out a way to leverage that, build a community and get people invested in it. And her story is a perfect example of that. So grab a pen and a notebook and let's jump in. Hey, Brianda, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Monique. I'm excited to have you because I've been following your brand for a while and I'll let you get kind of into your backstory and where you started, where you've come to. So this (laughs) is like really exciting to see like all the growth your your brand has had and then to be able to ask you some questions because I'm really curious about how you started from like blogger to now designer, creator, runner of an app. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. A lot has changed. I remember you from, I don't know if we were in different Facebook groups together or if we just followed each other on social media, but I always knew you by your pink hair that you used to have. So um, whenever I saw the the request, I was like, oh yes, let me make sure to to do this, this interview. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you said yes. And I feel like my hair is the signature thing. It's the thing that people are like, oh, I remember your hair. And I'm like, yeah. Is that the thing? (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. All right. So let's start at the top because like we said, you started out as a blogger and now you're doing something completely different. So kind of give us like your highlight reel. Like how did you get started? Where did this idea for Quirktastic come from? Yeah. So um, even before I was doing things with blogging and media, uh, I actually 
uh, worked as a scientist, which I think some people know now, but um, a lot of people still don't know that my background is in uh, science. I worked in cytogenetics for a while. So um, most of my days, uh, even when the first version of Quirktastic was out, uh, I was in a lab most of those days, about 13 hours a day, looking at chromosomes under a microscope. And there was a point when I was in the lab where I was like, okay, I, I need some what of a creative outlet. And even before that, I had kind of started blogging, which some people knew me as, but not really. Um, but then when I was in the lab, I was like, okay, I, I want more of a creative outlet and to be a little bit more dedicated to it than I had been in the past. So um, I turned that blog into a uh, what was the very first version of Quirktastic. And then the idea was just to kind of uh, grow community, um, but mostly around people who were geeky and nerdy, similar to myself. Um, and I, I think I remember, like, there were a few things that sparked um, me starting Quirktastic. I know at first I was kind of upset that we weren't in love stories. And I know that sounds super random, but, uh, like, people of color, um, especially... Like, just, like, the carefree, like, almost, like, manic pixie dream girl was always white. And I was like, why can't you be black or Latina or anything else, Asian? Um, so I would write about that. But then um, when I started focusing more on Quirktastic, I kind of came up with, um, I don't know, I just kept coming across different cosplayer articles that were these big lists of all of these cosplayers that you needed to be following on Instagram or watching. And I would go through all the lists, and it was very hard to find one black person. Even, like, the token black person wasn't there. So I was like, okay, I personally know a lot of black cosplayers. Let me just create a massive list to kind of shove in these people's faces. Like, hey, we exist, and you need to know that black cosplayers exist. So I made that list of about 200 uh, cosplayers of color. Um, that you needed to know. And from there, that's kind of where I really found my tribe. I, I'd say that the community online grew. We were getting like half a million page views each month on the website. So that's kind of like the beginnings when I was like, okay, we have a audience and it's people like me. I love this. So then when I started making it more of a company, I did the blogger to like social media um, and media company thing uh, solely for a while and it was okay money was okay for one person or maybe a few people um, but it wasn't anything that was really scaling or something that could be super sustainable and just me being a, a numbers person I would look each month to see like okay how are we doing with advertising the and at the time we were just doing sidebar ads or we'd be uh, reaching out to brands directly through advertising and I noticed month to month that that was going down. So we were like, okay, we know we have this audience and they're consuming what we have to offer, but the money just isn't really adding up to what we're doing. Could we be doing something better? So we just, I think what's great is we're able to just go to our audience because they're very responsive and ask them, what do you want? <laughs> and uh, so at first people were like, oh, we want t-shirts you want to represent your brand. So then we did the quirk shop and that was okay. And then we kind of dug a little bit deeper and people told us that they wanted to meet other quirks like them, people who were into anime, gaming, K-pop. So we started doing events and those were great, but we couldn't really do them to scale with the budget. 
So um, back in October of 2018, only a few months ago, we had the first idea of the app. Um, we wanted to do a friendship app to help people find their uh, friends for cons. And I had the idea like previously before, but I didn't really test it out. But then it was validated when our audience kept telling us that we want this. So we decided to make the first version of the app in March of this year. And then it's been able to grow. We're at almost 20,000 people just on that app alone. Um, and at the time that this is recorded, it is August. So that's kind of where we're at now, the, the crazy <laughs> evolution of Quirktastic. Okay, so now I want to ask you, can we talk a little bit about what you're doing with the Accelerator? Yeah, so um, and for the Accelerator, we uh, got some amazing news a few months ago that we got accepted into Snap Inc.'s Accelerator. Uh, for some people who know them as Snapchat, uh, they have an Accelerator called Yellow that takes place in Venice, California, and Quirktastic was one of 10 companies out of all the companies that applied that got in. And um, so for this accelerator, we did get some investment and um, they also give us office space. And we talked to different people that are within the Snapchat uh, or Snap Inc. network that come in each week and kind of help us just grow the company. And for those who aren't familiar with what an accelerator is, it's kind of like what it, what it sounds like. It's a program that's meant to accelerate the growth of your company. So all of the famous brands that you know, of, like the tech brands, Lyft, Uber, Eats, Postmates, all of those companies went through accelerators and also received more investment. And that's how they were able to scale. So um, that's the point that Quirktastic's at now. And it's really exciting uh, to be here. I mean, it's exciting to hear about because uh, I mean, a lot of people, well, I don't know. I'm not sure if the audience that listens to this is like as involved in the internet as yeah. I am. <laughs> but um, I'm always looking at like startups and all the funding that they're getting and the different accelerators that they're going through. And so to to know somebody like that I'm kind of adjacent to who's going through an accelerator by like a major um, tech company that a lot of people know about, I, I'm excited for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, this is actually, um, and if anyone was curious in the journey that I took, this isn't our first program that we've been through. I actually started as, or in an incubator, which is, is very different than an accelerator um, and the extent that incubator is more of like idea process and, and shaping that. So I, I joined an incubator to kind of get my knowledge on business. Because um, as I said, I started off as science. So I knew that I had this passion for creating this business, but I wasn't sure if I really had the chops of knowing how to create a sustainable, a sustainable business without going to, and getting like an MBA or something. So I went to an incubator program and it was called Digital Undivided in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's where I kind of call it uh, like an MBA on steroids. You learn everything that you need to know about um, cap tables, fundraising, investors, and how that relationship works, as well as doing customer discoveries to actually know a little bit more about your customer and making sure that you're meeting their needs. So that was our first program back in 2017. And then when was it? Was it last year? Yeah, last year in October, I did my second program, and this one was more of a fund but also like nearing on the side of an accelerator where we got a little bit of investment um, and they gave me housing in San Francisco. So that was like um, 
kind of similar to the accelerator that I'm in now, but a lot smaller scale. Um, but definitely Snapchat or the Snap Inc. accelerator yellow is the the largest one and the one that actually has gotten us impressed, which has been been really fun. Okay, so what I hear you saying is for some of the people who are listening, if they're running across these pit, uh, calls for accelerators or incubators that they should apply and like see yeah. what they can get. <laughs> Yes, no, definitely. Uh, absolutely. Like, even with the incubator that I got into, um, I almost didn't apply. Like, it's funny, all these all these things that I got into, there was a moment where I almost didn't apply because I didn't think that I could get in. And I remember being in the lab uh, underneath the hood. I, I would be there hours on hours and listening to this podcast where the founder of the incubator went on and said what they were looking for. And um, I was like, oh, well, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not really a business person, but let's just try to see if I get in. And I actually ended up getting into that. And from that opportunity is how I found out about the next opportunity. Um, and then even with Snapchat, um, it's like it, it's Snapchat. Like I, I have that on my phone. So and they were more focused on media, which I wasn't sure if our company at that stage was what they were looking for or if we had the traction to scale um but we applied and after talking to the people here they said that like of course you got in like you were great so um I just think I just keep thinking like what if I had really doubted myself enough to where I didn't even apply like my life would be drastically different (laughs) than where it is right now yeah. So let me ask you this. Since you guys function less as a media company these days, um, how do you currently monetize Quirktastic? Yeah. So right now, uh, thankfully, with the investment that we got, we're at a point where we're just now trying out our revenue model. And to them, to some people that may be like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> um, but in the past, the way that we uh, made our most money was through the Quirk shop. So we were able to get uh, money from e-commerce and we still have the quick shop open now. So that helps. Um, we also still do have the media, um, the media company functions to where we have ads um, and it's bringing in some monetization, but not a lot. Uh, but the way that we're monetizing at the moment is uh, we have this awesome community of people that a lot of brands are trying to get a hold of. And it feels great to be able to have control over what brands can reach our audience because um, we do have our audience's best interest at heart. So we're kind of looking at the ways that our audience spends money. And we have a lot of cosplayers, a lot of people who are into comics, anime, and esports. And what are they buying? Right now, they're going to events. Uh, You have the different comic cons that happen all throughout uh, the year. Uh, You have several Comic-Cons that happen each week. And I think a lot of people only know about San Diego Comic-Con or New York Comic-Con. But there are literally thousands of Comic-Cons and esports tournaments that that happen throughout the year. So what we're doing at Quirktastic is allowing the people who are in our community to buy their tickets through our app. So we're able to get that affiliate transaction fee whenever they buy tickets. Oh, that's smart. I didn't even think about that, like that being a thing that you could do. Oh, that's a really smart way to leverage your audience. And people don't really think about Comic-Cons being in smaller cities, but I live in a tiny city that's full of old people, (laughs) but we live near the beach. Um, And we have them here. Sometimes they have them at the high school. Sometimes they have them at the convention center. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, they're They're all shapes and sizes. Exactly. And some of the larger Comic-Cons get maybe like, 
100 to almost 200,000 people just for that one event. But then even on the smaller scale, you have a few thousand people that usually come to, to the events for the Comic Cons. So yeah, it's, it's been really cool to be on the side to where, I don't know, it just feels more natural. Like even myself, when I was in high school, I had one con that I went to faithfully um, in North Carolina. <laughs> and it's cool to be on the side to where I can help people find other events through the app and um, they can buy tickets and meet their friends in real life. So it's been really fun. Okay, so I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you a little bit about um, you as the business builder, the founder of this business. How do you block out the noise and distraction around you so that you can execute ideas? Because clearly, um, you've tried a lot of different <laughs> things over the years, and some things have stuck yeah. and some things haven't. But what are you doing so that you can stay focused on executing? Yeah, um, I think whenever I quit my job back in 2017, I've been on focus mode <laughs> since then. And um, I'm, I'm one of those people to where I kind of propose an idea and I just go for it. Like hesitation isn't really um, a problem for me. And I wonder if it, if it has anything to do with my science background. Like I'm the type instead of like marinating on it until I know that it's perfect and then like waiting to put it out in the world. I'm the type that likes to rapidly test. Um, so like I, in my mind, they're kind of like experiments of like, let's just try out these new ideas. Um, so blogging out that time, um, I'm very introverted. I can I can talk to people, of course, but I take a lot of time um, just in my own thoughts. Uh, throughout the day, I'll just have my headphones on listening to lo-fi or vaporwave. And I use to, to um, I'll use times throughout the day to get current work done. And I separate my, my to-do list kind of that way. I, I make things that need to be done today as well as things that could wait till the next day. And then I block out a time of potential ideas. And for those potential ideas, I try to work on at least once, um, once a week, like one or one idea a week to, to see if it's something that I want to push forward. So really physically like on my to-do list blocking out time to do that is what I do but my mind's always going like I, I have trouble sleeping at night because I'm always thinking of ideas I think of ideas in the shower um, and it's really motivating just because I'm able to be at a point where I get instant feedback from my community as well as the team that I've built so um, it's very rewarding or it'll be something that's like nope that was a stupid idea but at least she tried <laughs> <laughs> And what role uh, do you feel social media has played in like growing your brand? Because at this point, you said you have like 20,000 users. I know your Instagram page has 30K. And that's, mm -hmm. uh, well, I'm assuming since your website um, has been quirktastic for a bit now, it's still getting those large page views. So do you feel like yeah. social media has played a huge role in that? And how do you handle social media for your brand? Yeah, without a doubt, social media... Um yeah, social media, I think, can make any business better because that's how that's the easiest way to find people to test out your ideas. And it's the cheapest way. So we have a social media team of just two people that try out different ways to engage our audience. Um, and it's it's also a way for us to test out different ideas, um, uh, like the way that we will kind of test out things at our company if we have um a larger idea. Um, for example, we'll still do videos every now and again. So if we have a topic for a video that we want to do, but we know it's going to be high cost 
It's like, what are the the smaller ways that we can test this out to see if this is a topic that people would want actually hear about or to see a video about? So we'll test it out on social media. We'll ask a question, um, this versus that, and see if people actually respond to it. And it's an easy way to get feedback. And then once we do go to do the the larger scale or something that's going to cost a little bit more money, we can go back to the analytics that Instagram gives us for free for having a business account to say, okay, this one post got us X amount of followers and this amount of engagement. Imagine if we put a little bit more effort into it to do a video. That definitely is easier. Or if we decide to do something for an article on the website that kind of gets through the app. It's just the easiest way, in my opinion. Okay. Any quick tips to help people with their social media? Because those are always the things I get questions about. And I'm always (laughs) like, I'm not your social media guru, people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, yeah. And I'm I'm assuming people are wanting to know just how to grow their following for Instagram uh, as probably the main platform. And that's where we put all of our energy is on Instagram. Um, And I encourage people to actually set goals. Um, So, for example, this week, I've given my um, my team for social media the task to double the amount of weekly uh, follows that we get each week, Um, because right now we're getting a certain number, but we get that number every single week, (laughs) just about like off like maybe like a few, like half half a hundred. So I task them to kind of do a stretch goal to, to double that and see what we could do. And I told them, do whatever you need to do to do that. Whether you have to hop in people's DMs, whether you have to um, use a few more hashtags and just doing those goals. And I've already seen an improvement just from you actually setting a goal of like, okay, we want to reach X amount of followers by this time next week. You're going to somehow figure a way to make that happen, whether you're talking to people, um, talking to influencers and saying, hey, I have this message that lines up with what you're doing. Would you mind reposting this and tagging us so maybe your your followers can find us as well? That could be one way. Um, but even before you get through all of that, I would come up with a content calendar for your social media that is interactive because people are on social media either one, because they want to get seen or two, because they want to be heard. And I find that with Quirktastic's audience, at least, uh, our people want to be heard. So you'll notice on our Instagram, we ask a lot of questions or we propose topics that kind of spark questions or spark debate. And recently, we've been working around with a branding technique to where whenever you see a post on our Instagram, you know it's Quirktastic because you'll see the little unicorn, you'll see the, the top header and the footer. So these are just things that are a little bit more branded to where if they go on an explore page, you'll know that it's quirktastic and you'll start saying like, hey, maybe I should follow this account. I've seen a few of these posts and I like them. And then another like trick that I recently heard even here in the the accelerator that I haven't tried out yet, but we had, who was it? Everett Taylor from Growth Hackers, this amazing um, entrepreneur, also black came in and he gave us all of these cool tips. Um, but the one that stood out the most that I was like, oh, I've, I've actually done this, was um, there are tools out there that will um, watch other people's IG stories for you. And so if you find people that are using a hashtag or people that look similar to your audience, 
um, you can, I guess, put all of those parameters into this tool and they'll watch people's stories that are similar to your followers. That way, um, you know, whenever the user's looking through like, oh, who who's watched this story, they'll find your brand and be like, who is this person? I don't know. And then they click on it. And if they like it, of course, they'll interact with you a little bit. So that's like, a like I guess, trick wise, because everyone wants to know the tricks. That's like <laughs> the one trick that I, I see that people are doing and it may work. Um, but yeah, but other than that, it's, of course, coming up with great content that's branded to your uh, community and also sparking um sparking conversation for sure oh my gosh there is no limit to like what marketers will do to grow (laughs) to grow their social media following right yeah that was shocking to me I was like wait really because I was I I know I looked at my stories before and I'd see like three different accounts that were there I was like how did these people find me but then I interacted with them and like I know at least a few of them I followed because I'm like oh their content's actually pretty cool so it's crazy. Oh <laughs> it's gosh. really crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. Okay, so talk to me about some of your challenges because, you know, I always try to paint a balanced picture on this show. I don't want people to think like, oh, this person just started out the gate and everything was sunny and rosy and nothing bad happened. Like there's always challenges. So share some of yours. Yeah. Oh, my God. I feel like people who know me know that most of my most of my journey has been challenges um for <laughs> I'm trying to think like how honest how honest we get in here because I can tell you all <laughs> I mean we can like, get as real as you want as you're comfortable with oh yeah I mean I I like being real just because I remember when I was like before like quirktastic was anything before anyone would even open my email I remember listening to all of the entrepreneurial podcasts and trying to like listen word for word of like oh like is there any bit of wisdom that I could do this and like how how can I get to their level they seem like they've got it all together and then yeah like it's, it's crazy I I just remember those times and even still now like I'm not at a point to where I'm like oh I figured it all out like I still would like to pay myself more <laughs> I would still like to pay my team a lot more um and then I'm also about to go into another round of fundraising, which is nerve wracking because I'm an introvert. And that means that I have to talk to a lot of people and they're going to tell me no, except for like maybe five of them after talking to like 100 people. So um, that's like on the horizon now. But those are also what, what, what is it like when it's like gold plated problems oh, like or the whatever? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, right. Like those those are gripes but it's like oh my god I'm so lucky that I even get to have these problems but um even but even before that um I'd say fundraising was hard because I didn't know what it really entailed (laughs) and by that like I I think it can be discouraging because you're you're hearing all of these talks of how hard it is to raise funding as a black woman so then you kind of go into these rooms thinking like oh it's kind of hard to raise money as a black woman And then it ends up being hard to raise money as a black woman. And then I'll talk to my friends who happen to not be black women. And it it just always seems like, wow, I've worked so hard. And I'm actually like my company seems to be in a maybe even better position than yours. But you were able to raise more funding than me because of your connections or where you went to school. And 
like I think if I were to stay in that mindset, life would be a lot harder. But I kind of choose to take the approach of like, you know, what's for me is for me. And it's definitely worked out. Like Snapchat was an accelerator for us. There are other ones that I applied to that I thought that I wanted more. But then being here like this, this is for us, um, for for our company. But other ways that like I've struggled is just like, I, I think I go to, to sleep most nights remembering that I have a team that I have to pay like twice a month and thinking like, oh, wow, like th- this isn't just something that I can quit anymore and like go be selfish and do my own things like I'm actually in this and I have people who have put a lot of faith in me to to continue this not only investors of course who put faith and money into the company um, but people who are like had quit their jobs or are only doing quirktastic work um, which which is scary so I, I go to I go to sleep a lot with anxiety like I'll have times where I just like or can't even go to sleep because I'm so anxious just thinking about what what's next um and how I'm going to continuously sustain this so yeah I I think that and then like everyone throws around the word imposter syndrome which I I definitely have struggled with but it's a whole nother thing when you have leaders on your team that are dealing with imposter syndrome and trying to help them through your imposter syndrome while you also have imposter syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's like with this accelerator, um, because this is the first program that I've done with that um, I've brought other team members to um, who are like also in the office with me Um, because I am a solo founder, but I have some team members, um, full-time employees that have been here um, for quite a long time. So I have our media team here since this is more of a media um, accelerator and I've noticed in them, and we've talked about this, um, just some of the traumas that they've had from past jobs that prevent them from being the real leaders that they can be because of employee mindset to where when I'm pushing them to do bigger tasks, um, it, it, can, it can kind of like we've had so many different breakdowns of just like, oh, I didn't think I could do this or I had it in me. Like I didn't reach out to this person because I didn't think that they would respond. And it's me telling them to push forward while also fighting my own demons which has definitely been a challenge for sure oh my goodness yep (laughs) yeah Uh, all of that that you just said especially about the imposter syndrome is real and it it shows up in the the wildest places yeah it does and like I have a lot of moments to where I'm just like well I've gotten this far and like even through all of the anxiety and like trying to figure out if I'm going to do it and like all of the very close breaks like I like me and my friends we have this joke um because we're, we're all like we're all like spiritual of some sort or religious or whatever um and we have this point um where people will say oh like God will give you what you need and we always say it's like uh like he'll give you what you need but he'll give you like just just what you need and nothing more <laughs> or like the universe will just give you ex- just what you need um, or just a nugget of what you need, and then you have to figure out the rest. And that's what this whole journey's felt like, of just very close, quick breaks of just, I don't know how this is going to work out. And then somehow it just kind of all comes together because you didn't give up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, like I'd say QuirkCon, which I don't know if you came across QuirkCon when looking up our, our company, but that was an event that we did um, in June of this year. 
and uh, QuirtCon almost broke me. <laughs> like, um, QuirtCon was our version of a, a conference. So we wanted to have an event that we did for um, people who were in our audience. Uh, we're, our goal as a company is to make the fandom space reflect our diverse society. So instead of it being ex- like just creating a whole separate community for black people, people of color, uh, women and LGBTQ plus uh, communities, it's kind of like we should be the standard, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of what the QuirtCon represented. And the event ended up being actually pretty great. We got a, a decent turnout, but it was literally like to the day, like maybe like, or no, maybe like a week before I was like, I don't know how we're going to, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to afford this. I don't know how we're going to get everything together people that were supposed to speak kept canceling or like changing things up and it was the the hardest thing ever so um yeah like lots of struggle moments but it was like we just got exactly what we needed from the universe to keep pushing and it's in those moments where you're like I'm so happy that I didn't give up like once you get through it I love that. All right. So that being said, tell me, what do you feel has been your biggest lesson learned on your journey so far? If you had to sum it up into one lesson. Mm. Ooh, my biggest lesson would be, yeah, to believe in myself, I guess. And I know that sounds super, super basic, but believe in the skills that I was provided as a human being, you know, like I, I think when I first got into this journey and even listening to the different podcasts that I would have all these like amazing entrepreneurial women, most of them entrepreneurial black women, I had this idea of like, Oh, I have to be fierce. <laughs> like I have to go into these rooms. Like I am Brianda law, like just going in like super powerful. And that scared the crap out of me because I can sometimes be like very soft spoken, um, can also be just, introverted and then when a lot of people look at me they think I'm like 16 or 18 (laughs) when I'm actually pushing 30 so um I don't know I I think I was afraid that I didn't have what it what it took to be an entrepreneur and I used to always wish like oh I just wish that I was more extroverted so that I had energy to like network and go to all these events um and I wish but, like, I looked older. <laughs> like, that's a weird thing. And, like, I wish I had these different skills. Um, I wish I had gone to school for marketing as opposed to, I don't know, biology because it would be helpful now or business. But I think everything that is a part of making me me has actually been what's propelled the company forward. Like, even when I get feedback, and I ask for feedback all the time. Um, even from like investors or people that have somehow bought into Quirktastic's mission. And a lot of people bring it back to like, oh, like I represent my community. Like whenever they think of Quirktastic, they do think of me, um, which, which is great, <laughs> which is really great because that, that's, that's what I'd want. Um, so yeah, just believing in myself a little bit more and, and realizing that I can be super authentic and I don't have to have all the answers um, but as long as I, I stay passionate and am actually looking for ways to improve um, that and I have good intentions <laughs> then then things will move forward like having good intentions is also a really big part in this entrepreneurial journey 
Alright, so my favorite part of the show is what I call the Pimp Your Brilliance Action Challenge because we always like to leave people with next steps, things they can do. And so Brianda is great at team building and I think that it's a skill that a lot of us need help with. I, it took me the <laughs> longest time to hire a VA and I went through like two or oh, I went through three of them before oh, wow. <laughs> before I, yeah. I have like the one that I have now that we're solid and we're, we're rolling. Um, so she is going <laughs> to share with us three tips for building your team. Yeah, so I'd say the first tip is to have a robust onboarding system um, or onboarding process. So what I mean by that is whenever, before you hire your first person, they need to come in knowing exactly what you stand for, what the company stands for, the company culture, even if the company is just you. (laughs) And I remember building out a deck and like a handbook before I hired, um, well, no, I made several mistakes, but once I, once I got it right, I, I made sure to uh, put together a handbook that was like, this is the company's mission, vision, and values, and people on the team can recite them back, um, as well as the day-to-day of what you need your person to do. So setting them up um, both with like onboarding as well as legally through whatever payroll system, like that's super important that a lot of people skip on or they skimp on. Um And I'd say to try hiring um, within your community if you can or if you've built a community um, and make sure when you're doing that interview process that you're also looking for skill. Uh, So whenever I hire for a Quirktastic, uh, the ways that we get our word out, and I I know, of course, it's going to be different for some people that don't have a large community, but we put our jobs within our newsletter as well on social media And that's how everyone from the team that is currently working for us has found us. And the reason that I do it that way is that if you're going on some of these places like Indeed or um, any like job boards, the first thing people are thinking when they're looking for a job is money. Not And some people are looking for passion, um, but you have a lot of people who are just looking for money. And depending on where you're at in your business, like you, you don't need someone whose main like focus and fulfillment in your role that you've given them to be money uh you you need it to be passion um you need it to be someone to where say that you have to skip a payroll which i have done before um they won't give up on you um so so that's that's very important um let's see a third one for hiring a team um making sure that you're checking in with them regularly um that way you can catch when things are going very right to where you may need to promote or when things are going wrong and you need to fire. And I am quick to fire as soon as I identify the problem. And so with check-ins, I mean um, actually having like a weekly check-in with this person that you've hired every week, getting on the phone with them, even if you prefer talking through email like my introverted self and hate getting on the phone, you need to call them because it's a completely different um, interaction Um, And then also having evaluations is important because it's it's kind of like an objective way to really give feedback. And even asking the person, depending on their position, to do a self-evaluation is also good. And whenever you're creating these evaluations, make sure that they relate back to the mission and the values of the company. So whenever um, I give people feedback on my team, I can say, oh, like, it's not personal, 
but I can look to the six values that we have on our company and say, oh, well, you know that like our one of our big values is leadership or integrity. Um, and because you did this action, it, it goes back to this value. Um, that way it's not personal <laughs> and it helps you uh, move forward with your company. So yeah, I'd say that those are my three. <laughs> All right. So there you have it. You even gave me some things to think about. I need to get it, get it together with this handbook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nice. Okay. So I always love to end the show by asking, what are you currently reading? They don't necessarily have to be business books. They can be any kind of books. Oh man. Reading. Oh God. <laughs> or that, or that you read recently. And some people are like, I haven't read anything. I watched something. So if that's you, what did you watch? <laughs> Let's see. I mean, yeah, it's it's sad because I, I do like to, to read a lot and I'm blanking of what I have on my bedside table. Um, I, I like reading fiction books. So I have um, I'm reading a very old collection of short stories from Flannery O'Connor, who just has very I, don't know, I, I like Flannery O'Connor. She's the, the writing style. Of course, it's short, short stories, but it's very entertaining. Um, I'm also reading some mystery books and I can't think of the author's name but yeah I like I like anything mystery related so fiction because I need a break from work uh, there was a point in time where I was reading a whole bunch of entrepreneur books but I am reading for fun <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I prefer to read for fun I don't really like reading business books they they are so dry um, but I'm yeah, trying they are. I'm trying to be better about this but it's not my favorite thing to do <laughs> Yeah, there are some good ones, but I just, I think I'm tapped out at the moment. <laughs> All right. And then finally, how can listeners get in touch with you? Where can they find you online? Yeah. Um, so like personally, if you want to reach out, I have uh, Instagram that I, I probably use the most, at least for lurking. It's at Brianda underscore co, C-O. Or you could find Quirktastic, um, like quirky um, at quirktastic underscore co uh we're also in the app store and google play if you want to hear more about um our app or if you want to go in there uh, you could just type quirktastic and you should be able to find it um but yeah if you're trying to get in contact with me personally um if it's business related definitely use my email brianda at quirktastic.co um, but if you just want to reach out and i don't know be friends either find me on the quirktastic app or you can find me on Instagram at Brianda underscore CEO. All right. And I will add all of those links to the show notes so you guys can find them easily. And thanks again, Brianda, for being on the show. It was really great to interview yeah. you. If you guys like what she shared, make sure you hit her up. Um, she shared her Instagram handles. And you can always find me at Pimp Your Brilliance. And until next time, go out there and pimp your brilliance. Uh-huh.